Hey, Fit Club fans, we are back. This is the Fit Club Podcast. I'm your host, Shaka Smith, and we are just waiting to get our guest, Jessica Amy Cruz, the founder of Vegan Street Fair, um, CEO, mom, badass. Oh, there she is. Let's get her on. Hey, there you are. How you doing, Jessica? How's it going? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I am good. Just letting everyone know what we're talking about today. Um, we got some health news. Um, first up, we're talking about the queen getting COVID. Uh, <laughs> pretty big news. Um, second up, we're talking about mental health issues the year after catching COVID. And third up, the relief you get in general from random acts of kindness. Uh, focusing on that as well. But we've got so much to talk about, so much to dig in with you. First off, how are you doing? <laughs> well, it's like a loaded question after COVID, isn't it? Right. Um, yeah. I'm doing so, so well. You know, events are finally back up and running after so long of not having in-person connections. And uh, Vegan Street Fair is coming back March 26th and 27th, which we're really excited about. Vegan Exchange has been up and running since July, every single Sunday. And it's just been wonderful to be back in my element and seeing people in person and being able to do the incredible work that I do and seeing all these amazing faces in person again. It's been yes, <laughs> myself included. It's been so nice to see you after such a long time. Um, and that kind of speaks to the first story is like the queen catching COVID. For me, that was just a huge, you know, if she's getting it, I really know that, you know, we've done so much, but it, it's just almost a matter of time, right? Um, and I know that this whole period, how did things shift as an entrepreneur for you? Oh my gosh. So we first tried to do a drive-through market. I don't know if any of you remember that. Um, it was great sometimes and it was not great other times. I think a lot of times with entrepreneurs, we kind of try to find the silver lining in things and figure out, okay, what can we do now in these very desperate and dark times? So we tried that for a little while and it didn't necessarily work, but now we kind of just took those two years to build and to make sure that when Vegan Street Fair was going to come back um, in a post-COVID world, or I don't even know, but just kind of making sure that all the dominoes were in place for successful safe events um, that continue the spirit of what it is that we do, which is, you know, connecting people with via food and hoping to plant seeds and as many people as possible. Um, so seeing the queen get COVID, it's kind of, it's sobering a little bit because you're like, everyone is. Yeah. And, you, and you made those pivots, you know, last two years, because there were moments where it was, oh, it looks like it's going to get better. We can kind of move forward and moments where it wasn't. How did you make those pivots? And like, how do you, I'm going to abandon, like maybe not doing the drive through that's, how do I make that shift with something and try to make it work if it's not working? Yeah, and and I forgot to mention we tried an at home Patreon thing. You were on it, you yeah, know, yeah. a while, and we just I just tried to figure out where um, my efforts and talents were needed. And then when I saw that maybe like with the drive through, it was a little bit too much stress and it was just too much work. It was like okay, let's just shift our efforts to making sure that Vegan Street Fair 2022 was going to be as successful as Vegan Street Fair 2019 because yeah. Years, yeah. like this, you know, this is our third year in the pandemic now. So, so it's just like I think pivoting during a pandemic is so key. And I've seen so many of my friends successfully make their businesses so much more profitable and so you know and, and able to thrive in this pandemic because they were able to pivot. Yeah. Um, so when we tried all these little things and they didn't necessarily work, it was like okay, focus on what you do, focus on what you do well, and um, line up the event with tons of people. So I think that that's kind of where I started to shift my energy towards, was just making sure that the next event was like phenomenal. Yeah, I I, I love that because a lot of people I think, especially entrepreneurs, will get tied so tied to strategy 
that they end up not being able to have that to result. Correct. And, and we get stuck. We get stuck in a rut. Maybe we've been doing something for a really long time. We're like, we don't need to change anything. But the pandemic forced us all to be creative and think about better ways to make our business um, better and also have more people have eyeballs on it. So we tried a bunch of things on Reels. I don't know if you noticed, like Reels came out during the pandemic. And so we, we like 90s hip hop and RB, which is my flavor because I'm from New York. And that was really popular for a while. So just kind of making sure that people knew from a digital perspective what our voice was and who we are as people. Uh, and I say we, but it's really just me at the end of the day. <laughs> It's run by like three people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think that this was a great opportunity for a lot of people and, and it was terrible for so many others, but yeah. the pandemic was an opportunity for people to really see what they were made of. Yeah. And, and speaking of sort of shouldering it so much of being in street for on your own, you know, the next story is about mental health issues. And so I definitely want to see how you kind of cope with that during the pandemic. But unfortunately you get COVID, we're still not sure how it affects the brain. And so in the British, the British Medical Journal, um, published a study where they looked at, you know, I think it was about 154,000 um, people that got COVID and their outcomes afterwards. And 60% of people had were more likely to have mental and emotional issues as a result of just having COVID. And I think, you know, whether or not you got COVID, they all struggle with our mental health and try to figure out how to, you know, for me, it was working out, but having to because you know the gyms weren't open, so how do how was I able to access that? So I had to kind of move outdoors. So I just said myself, how were you able to take care of your mental health during these few years? Um, so for those of you who don't know, I was uh, about 200 pounds at the beginning of the pandemic, and um, I wasn't always you know 200 pounds. I was thinner before my children and before veganism, and I decided during the pandemic to sort of change that altogether. So I worked out six days a week. Um, on a rooftop with a trainer outside with a mask on, just trying to take as much advantage of that time that I could. And I feel like my mental health definitely was um, rewarded for that. You know, I, I think I was able to sort of be in a place of like inner work and doing the work for myself. Because when I read that article, by the way, I thought it was just like all of us are going through mental health issues because yeah. I deal with this incredible stress together as a, you know, the global united community, but it actually had to do with having COVID and we don't know what it's doing to our, our brains. Mm -hmm. And because we talk about it all the time, right? Like self-care, making sure that you're taking care of your body, eating well, working out, doing things that make you feel good. Um, but to know that something could affect that, that you can't shift is very interesting because it it's, mental health in this country is so stigmatized still. And so now we're adding more you know, sort of factors to that, which is going to be interesting to watch. And, and we talk about, at least I talk about it, you know, in terms of veganism, you know, your stomach is really the second brain because all the food that you eat affects, you know, your brain chemistry and affects, you know, you know, how your, you know, the serotonin levels, all the levels of the, of the brain is affected by the food that you eat. And so, you know, that now you, you might have to contend with something else that's affecting that, you know, you really want to pay attention to sort of how you're eating and how you're really taking care of yourself. And now for you, when you made that shift, just like they lose all this weight, but how did that happen? You know, you know, I, I think it's sort of, you know, people hear it, but what was the connection and what was the connection for you, especially during this time where people kind of fell off? You know, I think it was the pandemic made me realize there are so many things I don't have control over, right? Because events is what I do. I have no, there, at that time, there was nothing else that I did, you know, to put food on the table. So 
when the thing that I did went away, the thing that I had no control over, I decided I do have control over this. And it's one of the few things I have control over. So I'm going to do something about it because I had control over it back then too. And I was choosing to eat the way I was eating and be sedentary the way I was. And, you know, I'm sure we talk about this for those of you watching, you know, from the vegan street fair side, veganism and, and fitness and health are not the same. So yeah. like what we're talking about with veganism, it's not a health movement. It's all, all about lifestyle and ethics. So this is kind of just a secondary topic because obviously this is Chaka's <laughs> um, not main. You have lots of different avenues that which I <laughs> tackle. But anyway, so I feel like, it was just um the pandemic made me realize that there when when you have control over something to keep it and rather than let someone else take it or forget that you have it to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in every way that you can and it hasn't stopped yeah i mean it's it's amazing kudos to you because i mean you know i get so many people that try to make that change and they tell me they're going to and i just you know you know, they're not able to and just I've just watched you flourish and blossom and you know just keep going I love it <laughs> um, and so of course I think what you do with vegan street fair is a huge random act of kindness in of itself right? and our next story deals with the health benefits of random act of kindness three of which lower blood pressure um, pain management and in general your happiness quotient is up and so it was interesting because they actually put people in different groups um, for lower blood pressure and found, they said one group, you have to spend $40 on yourself and the other group has to spend $40 on another person. And they found after a six week study, spent other money on other people, had lower blood blood pressure and it was similar to those that dieted and exercised. So that to me blew my mind. It wasn't just lower blood pressure, it was similar to people that dieted and exercised. So, you know, kindness can actually have a quite a positive physical benefit for the body, right? <laughs> And, and, and this is the kind of news I needed to hear during this in this particular period that we're all in right now. Um, and so what inspired Vegan Street Fair? You know, especially when, when you come in, the first thing you see is like your sort of mantra of welcome everyone. What inspired that and uh, how did that come about? Um, for, for me, whenever I would go to a vegan event before I had my own, I noticed that it always looked a certain way. You know, and if you were a vegetarian, people looked at you sideways. Like, why aren't you doing enough? Or if you were um, a person of color, you traditionally didn't really see yourselves at these vegan events. And I always felt kind of outcast when I would walk in because I wanted to go enjoy the food and I wanted to go enjoy the movement, but I never necessarily felt welcome because I didn't see people who looked like me. So when I started Vegan Street Fair, it was really purposeful the way that it all came about. It was like, let's put it in a city. Let's make sure it's accessible to as many people as possible, not just people with money. I made sure that all of the vendors had at least one, at the time it was $3, but now it's four. Uh, so, you know, making sure that all the vendors had at least one $4 option so that if someone's just stumbling, you know, from, into this festival from across the street, they can actually eat something good for $4. And that was the whole point of that. And I, I just, I feel like I talk about this all the time that for me, vegan events are what I call veganception. And what I mean by that is, if you walk into an event for free, right? Number one, there's no barrier to pay. So like, yay. You walk in, you're not vegan. You're like, what is this? You try a delicious burger and you think to yourself, wait, this is vegan? I can do vegan. And then maybe down the line, a week, a month, a year, whatever, you decide to go vegan and that came from you. But I planted that seed, maybe, maybe, maybe. So I call it veganception because in my mind, I think that that's what I'm doing. I think that, you know, providing these options, it does so many things, right? It helps these 
small businesses that are trying to make a living um, through veganism. It helps the animals, of course, and, and it helps people maybe discover that veganism isn't necessarily the way that it looks in the mainstream, which is hippie, paint throwing, you know, like tofu, salad eating people, you know, that maybe don't use deodorant. I don't know, like, is that what people think of vegans? I'm not sure, but I don't want people that. Um. <laughs> I think we get spoiled because we know what it looks like. But sometimes I, I do see the way it's represented outside of what we see. And I'm like, oh, wow, people really do believe that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really, it's really trippy. Because it's like, I, I want if I'm a vegan, I want to walk into a space and feel like I belong there and feel like I'm welcomed by everyone. And I feel like even at the weekly event at vegan exchange, that's the vibe you get, you know, yeah. you and you're welcomed by everyone and the energy is really high and you leave there on a high. And that's what we want. We want you to have good feelings about veganism so that if it ever does come up for you as something that maybe you would want to try it, that's what you remember. Like that's the last thing you remember is this beautiful memory of an event or a person or people or the music or the vibes. And so when it comes to random acts of kindness, I mean, like you said, that's kind of what we do <laughs> just accidentally. And I hope people pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and I want to talk about sort of with vegan street fair. How did you like? How do I put this? How how did you move from a place? Did did you go from fitness when you went from veganism to you know? Did you go from fitness to um, compassion with the animals and to lifestyle? How did you make that? How did that come together for you? So for me, it was, I love all your answers and questions, by the way, y'all, I'm seeing this. Yeah, the vibes of the veganism, for, I love that. So um, I actually went vegan because I went to SeaWorld and swam with the dolphins in 2011. And I took photos and I posted about it on Facebook and I had a friend who's not even vegan. He was like, hey, um, I don't know if you know this, but those animals don't wanna be in there. And I was like, that's not true. I just come off this great experience. I was like, that's not true. SeaWorld does great things. Let me prove you wrong. So I all <laughs> day Googling this subject. Oh, no. And complete opposite. I was a bawling mess because I discovered things about orcas and, and all these mammals that no one ever tells you. This is not, you know, information you just readily find. They're on antidepressants. They're ramming their heads against the wall so that they can get out of their horrible experiences. You don't, these are not things that people tell you. Um, and then I discovered Taiji, which is a whole thing. And I don't, I don't like to talk about the graphic stuff because I think you can go look at that stuff on your own. But I discovered it all. And from that moment, it was just like uh, something just switched for me. And I said, I never want another animal to suffer for my enjoyment again. And so that's when I went vegan. Uh, and that was in 20, did I say two? It was 2009? Wait, uh, 2011. I don't, yeah, 2011, for sure. Because then with your fitness journey, because you were, you were fit. You were very fit. So, how did what was the overlap? And then, how did you go from? Were you were you a fit vegan when you started? Yes, I was a fit. Uh, vegan. I was a personal trainer at the time, so I was you know like 105 pounds. And then I got pregnant like eight or nine months later, and I really started discovering vegan food. And okay. the piece kind of disappeared a little bit, and I just was like, I love vegan food. I want to try all the vegan food, and I did. And I, it was you know, about eight years of that, you know, obviously running food festivals and discovering all these delicious things because I didn't, for me, the fitness piece kind of disappeared. It wasn't as important anymore at that time. It was like this mission, this thing that was driving me. 
And so I stopped being fit and I just was more intentional with the food I was eating, the messages that I was sending, the, the things that I was learning. And then fitness kind of came back later for me. So, and so you, the, you weren't equating the vegan food that was not healthy with healthy. Okay. I think a lot of people do equate it and they say, oh, it's vegan, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Correct. Yeah. And that's the misconception. And we constantly are trying to break that misconception. It's like people think vegan healthy. It's like, no, this is actually a lifestyle. This is a movement. This is no different than any other social justice movement. This is about liberating. In that, you can have very fit vegans, but yeah. it's one and the same. And I think people do get the two confused. So I yeah. try to make it very clear because you can be lit. This is how I say it. The animals don't care what you eat. They don't care if you eat fried foods. They don't care if you eat raw foods. As long as you aren't, <laughs> if they could talk, if you understand them, that's what they would say. Yeah. So you come to veganism from any perspective. You can, mm -hmm. you can look any which way you want and you're still gonna make the same impact as the next person. So yeah. I think it's important for people to understand that veganism isn't a health movement. You can make it that if you want, but at its core, it really is about animal liberation. Yeah, and, and I and at vegan street fair, you just don't have food vendors. And vegan exchange, you also have like that do candles and different things. And 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 how create that experience? Um, I mean, they kind of all came to me. It was like you know vendors that were doing soy candles and vendors that had all these amazing you know like shirts and things that had messages on them. Um, most of the vegan events I had been to, there were food and crafts and apparel and all this. So it made sense to obviously have those people there. And it makes the experience, you know, so much more, um, layered because it's not just you coming to eat. It's you talking to these people who create these products and make them by hand and are sitting there all weekend, hand pouring candles. Like Allison's good is a great example. Look, that's one of my vendors right there. And <laughs> I love her work ethic. And it's like, you when it comes to food, you know that there's love in the food. But when it comes to these other, you know, non-food vendors, you know that there's love in their products too. They are making them with their bare hands. It is so beautiful to see and to support, especially small business, um, because we need that. We need to make sure that you know every single part of veganism is is seen. Because it's not yeah. just you have to know that makeup is tested on animals, soaps are tested on animals. There's animal products in wool, you know, wool hats, obviously it's wool. So trying to make sure that every single facet of veganism is touched. Yeah, I love that. I love, and, and for me, it's been eye opening too, because I did kind of come at it from a, a very health perspective, but I learned a lot more about, you know, top down from fashion, you know, for everything, you know, it's a lifestyle that helps the animals as well. Because you came from like, what well, I remember, I love your story. You came at it from a perspective, you saw a 70 year old vegan. Oh yeah, yeah. What? That person, <laughs> I want to look like that when I'm 70. And by the way, you're going to surpass it because, geez. <laughs> Let's, right. No, Annette Larkins. And I saw Annette Larkins and I was just mind blown. And so I said, okay, let me investigate the health aspect. And from there, I, I made that choice. But you also have another event coming up um, on March, Heroes and Villains, 40th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am turning 40. Um, I lost two birthdays to COVID. I love 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 birthday parties i love my birthday it just is what it is and so losing two birthdays to COVID, i was like you know what let's do it big so i invited five vendors from outside of la my favorite vendors that i know from new york there's a uh, black reek and vegan there's monks meats from austin texas there's community vegan from san diego there's Maya's cookies and then from oakland we're bringing out vegan mob so i want to just gather these people together for a party a costume party come if you want 
dressed up as a hero or a villain. There's going to be music and booze and whatever your heart desires just to celebrate life and just to kind of celebrate. You know, I'm, I'm using my birthday as an excuse, really, to get me together and to do fun. And so that's happening on March 3rd. There are tickets available um, at the link in our bio if you'd like to join. But it's just kind of my way of saying, let's just celebrate kind of coming out of COVID very slowly and um, being able to be together again. Yeah, and that's amazing because there's so many times I'm on Instagram and I see food and I wish we're in LA. And so I'm actually gonna get to have that experience now. <laughs> Wait, and where did you come up with Heroes and Villains? How, what inspired that thing? You know, I like costumes. I think I came up with this idea during um, Halloween because it was like, yeah. I like it up. And then I was like, I should, have a, I should have a costume party for my birthday. And so Heroes and Villains just made sense. Like it's fun, it's quirky, it's weird. People can come as couples. Maybe they're coming as, you know, uh, I don't know. I just wanted people to have fun with it. So Heroes and Villains is just top of my head. I love Marvel, <laughs> love Star Wars, and I love all those kinds of things. So it just made sense. I love it. Well, I will be there. I can't wait. And of course, we got Vegan Exchange, Vegan Street Fair. Tell them where they can follow um, your different accounts and you know what the dates are where they can kind of come and show up. Yeah, so Vegan Street Fair is hot. Well, I guess we'll go in order. So tonight, which is totally random, we're hosting karaoke at the 513 in North Hollywood. That's free entry, 21 and over. Um, and that's 222.22 because that's what today's date is. So fun. It's, no, it's not. It's 222 right now. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, come on, universe. That's crazy. Um, so we're hosting that tonight. That starts at 8 p.m. in North Hollywood. Then we have Vegan Exchange, which happens every single Sunday in North Hollywood, 5300 Bachman Avenue. And you can follow that at Vegan Exchange LA, at Vegan Exchange LA. And then we have my birthday coming up on March 3rd, which is next week. And that's happening at the Federal. You got to get your tickets for that. Go to the link in bio on my page. That is 3 to 10, 21 and over as well. And then, of course, the big, giant, Largest vegan festival in the world is back after three years. That's happening March 26th and 27th from 11 to 7. People come from every corner of the globe for this event. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that because we work so hard on this every single minute of every single day. And it's been three years since we got to do it. So we're so ready. Uh, that's free entry, but you can get fast passes. They do sell out um, just to skip some lines. So if you're looking for a little bit of a more you know, not VIP experience, because you're all VIPs. Um, but just, you know, to skip some lines, maybe a faster experience, then you can do that. Yeah, our, our vegan cello, we, we are excited, we are excited. And where can, where can they find your personal Instagram? I have a personal Instagram, it's called, uh, it's, it's called, it's uh, at, it's Jessica Amy Crew. So I-T-S, Jessica Amy Crew, that's my personal page. Uh, you'll, you'll see all kinds of stuff on there, like, my normal personal life. You'll see all about the things I'm doing behind the scenes. And yeah, that's, you know, feel free to join that one. <laughs> yeah. And just quickly, because you, you are a mompreneur too. So just uh, the balance, how do you deal with balance? Ooh, I, that is a good question and I don't really have an answer. <laughs> you'll figure it out. <laughs> you just kind of do it. Like I have a very strict schedule for myself. So I'll get the kids to bed by eight. I'll go to bed by nine. I get up at three or 4 a.m. I start working before the world is up and before the kids are up. Once they're up at six, I'm making breakfast, I'm making lunch, I'm getting them ready for school, I'm taking them to school. I work for six hours doing everything that I do. I pick them up, I put my work away, I'm with my babies. And I think it's a matter of just keeping yourself very disciplined and 
remembering sort of what the goal is. But yeah, that's a mother's energy. It's, it's almost like it, it's just intuitive. You just know how to do it. Um, but, you know, the kids love vegan street fair. And so I feel like them watching me work and be someone who's building something from nothing is a really beautiful gift that they get to have. So I'm grateful for all the parts of it, even the hard parts, because being a mom and a business owner is not easy and having a social life and making sure you're keeping in touch with your friends. And it's important to make sure that you're tackling all those things and working out, like making sure I'm at the gym three days a week, if not five, like I need to do those things for me. And I tell people all the time and I'll throw this out there. This is the stuff I post on my personal page. Make sure that you're always first because mm -hmm. You know, I put myself last for so long, for like eight or nine years of my life. And that's how I got to 200 pounds because I wasn't really paying attention to me. I was focused and, on else. And, and you're one of the people that you, you make it easy. So I think people forget to tap in with you. I think people forget to check in on you because you have, you do make it look easy. And so I think you, you maybe that's why you put yourself last. But yeah, it's good to see that you're doing it right now. I appreciate that. And having good friends like you and, you know, like knowing that we're all on the same team and doing this work together is so beautiful because you don't feel alone. You know, I don't feel like alone. I feel like this community has really been the backbone of my life for the past 11 years. I've been vegan 11 years now. So, you know, grateful for, for every single second that I get to do what I do and to learn more about myself, you know, and figuring out where your priorities are and how to manifest what you want in life and also chase the things that you want and attract the things that I shouldn't say chase, attract the things that you want. And that's it. You know, and you say attract the things that you want. I know that every entrepreneur, no matter how busy they are, they always have a little vision of what's to come in the future. What's your vision? Do you have something um, that you can share with us that, <laughs> um, that, you know, yeah, your future vision for, for vegan street fair, your vegan things and you know, you have yeah. going on. I have a few really beautiful concepts coming up soon. I'm working with um, some friends of mine that are going to help sort of shift the narrative of what um, ethical business could be. Um, I started a nonprofit actually a couple weeks ago, which is very thrilling, all about sort of helping vendors to go from passion to business owner. Because um, a lot of times what I see is these, you know, businesses popping up on a street corner trying to chase pennies rather than figuring out how to use social media, what tools they need to become legitimate businesses, how to get a health permit, how to act in, you know, how to set up in a commissary and just do things so that they're not chasing pennies, but they're making dollars. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of times it's like people come in with passion and that's it. And they're like, I don't need to do anything else. And they're losing money every day. And it's like, if you're successful, all the vendors are successful. Animals are, you know, liberated by every single meal that you provide. So I'm doing that, but the biggest one I guess I can share is I'm I'm working on a show uh, very soon here. I'm working on a sizzle so that it's it's not Diners, Dragons, and Dives, but it's a food-based show. Um, I, I can't really say too much about it, but I'm so excited. Oh, we are excited for you. That's awesome. We're very excited. But thank you so much for joining us. This has been an incredible conversation. And again, you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, Saka Strong. Thank you guys for joining us here at Fit Club Podcast. And we will see you guys next week at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Having me.